Hello, I'm Michelle Ola, and I am happy that you've tuned in for this episode of the Language Lounge World Language Teacher Talks. In this podcast, I hope to bring together three of my passions, world languages, professional development, and of course, coffee. The idea behind the Language Lounge is that even though I love reading professional books and articles, attending webinars and conferences, it's often over a cup of coffee with a colleague when my real learning occurs. Through professional conversations, I get the opportunity to process, reflect on, apply, and expand on that original knowledge. So every episode, I will ask a world language colleague to have coffee with me to talk about something that they are passionate about. Hopefully through listening in on our conversation, you will gain some insights and be inspired to ask someone to have coffee with you to talk about the, co- the topic further. Today's guest is Catherine Uslin. I have to say that this conversation with Catherine was particularly meaningful and impactful for me. And that is because of Catherine's willingness to be open and vulnerable as we talked about her transformative experience this summer at CLTA's summer seminar. The theme of the seminar was the socially just world language classroom, social emotional learning and framework aligned practices. Catherine shares some of her takeaways from this experience, and we had a deep conversation about how, as a world language community, we can have these crucial conversations about social justice and other important issues, and how we can support each other on our personal and professional journeys. Thank you for listening today. everyone. I am so excited today. I have a very special guest and I'm actually going to let her say her name because I really want to hear how beautiful it sounds when somebody that knows how to pronounce it says it. So Catherine, Catherine, tell me, how do you say your name? Thank you. My mom chose Catherine, but with the idea that it's Catherine to most people. So Catherine, and then I did take my husband's last name because he's French, and I thought (laughs) Catherine Ousselin would just really be the thing I would hope to. Beautiful. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. So I I got to have a a different um a different identity and whether people can say Catherine or Catherine, either way I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh and I love I want to say names the way people prefer, right? That's a very important sort of thing. And I heard you introduce yourself on a a webinar and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't say it like that. So I'm going to let you do it. (laughs) So somebody said, it rhymes with latrine. And I said, great. Thanks Thanks a lot. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to just not ever use that again. (laughs) They're not wrong, right? Phonetically, it is correct. Sure. Right? Well, welcome and thank you for coming here today. So we're going to talk. We've had a a introductory conversation just kind of when we were planning this, um, the podcast. And I wish we would, every time I have my 15 minute conversation with somebody as we plan it, I'm like, oh, I wish we were just recording it now because there were so many great things that we talked about. And we may touch on some of those today and we may touch on totally different things. Um, But I think, tell me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of our conversation started when we were talking about your experience with the CLTA. So that's the what, California Language Teachers Association? Did Perfect. I get right? Yes. Okay. Um, and their summer uh, summer seminar, correct? So yes. Uh, the socially just world language classroom. And what I was struck me by the title of this is that the the subtitle says social emotional learning and framework aligned with practices. And I think that's where we kind of had some really good conversations, right? So yes, I think that's I, where we kind of got the idea of like teacher SEL as well, yes. because that's going to be one of the things that if we don't come in a, with a healing attitude for ourselves. Yeah, I think that's how we kind of get off the path and onto an amazing conversation. We did. We did. We started out with one idea and we ended up in a totally different place, right? As conversations do, right? They go all over the place. So tell me a little bit about your experience so far for those people that have not, you know, were not able to attend uh, the summer seminar. Why don't you just give me a little bit of an idea of what 
what are some things you've learned or that you are processing right now? Because it just happened, right? Today was your last day? Today was the last day we had our final keynote speaker, and that was Dr. Sean Ginwright. Um, he's a professor of Africana Studies at San Francisco State University. And that, that you know, was the, I want to say the ideal way to end summer seminar, which is something that usually happens um, in person at the University of um, California at Santa Barbara. And I've been going since, I believe, 2013 um, as a facilitator. And this time, since we were online, we had, I think we had eight different keynote speakers. And, and a couple I of saw times, some of them amazing yeah, keynote speakers, uh, just, right? I, some of the like best CC, in the field. Best in the field for world language. Now, most of us know if you're an actual um, Dr. Randolph, L.J. Randolph, mm-hmm. but I would also point out um, we had uh, C- we we called her Cece um, Cecilia Jordan from um, she was in California. She's moving somewhere else, and we talked about like public and you know public community like restorative, transformative justice, and social justice and restorative circles. We had um, Rani Habib, who gave us the idea about how do we heal within ourselves and with our students as we transition back to something that might look more like what we're used to in education. Mm-hmm. Um, the different ways each day that we connected our hearts, our minds, our, our actions that we want to see changing, because we can't go back to what we thought was normal. Normal was not ever a good thing in education. We are always striving. But after listening to those eight speakers and just listening to perspectives from the different participants, because there was over 200 people at the online seminar, it was four and a half days. Wow. You know, and this I, is it, not light, fluffy stuff, right? And this it is never amazing has work. Been, wow. It, it's always been, so, Summer Seminar has been an institution for, I believe, over 30 years. Um, and when they get together on the campus and we stay in the residence hall together and we eat our meals and we go to the different sessions and then we do our breakout strands, the unity that we develop, that we that we build the community, it is something that you go home and you think about. And it's it's like an, almost every other conference where we do that. But sometimes, um, say for Actville, it's mm-hmm. gigantic. And people get so overwhelmed by it that they can't process it. Summer Seminar gives us that time to go back to our residence hall room, think about it, journal a little bit. And then come back with fresh ideas to ask and answer. And actually, you're in the next session. You're in the next session. And when we're in a strand, we have that time to go through the whole process and and develop our, our deeper thoughts and questions. I find that amazing. I mean, I think it was funny. I was just talking to somebody about how I find myself sometimes chasing the next thing, right? Like we're hopping from topic to topic. And sometimes there's so much that we need to learn, right? There's so many things I don't know still after 20 years in world language education, right? We're still, there's always things coming up and we want to learn more. And we, and this is one of the reasons why I love, and I wanted to start this podcast is so that we can have that learning be our jumping off point, right? That is where we start, not where we end. And then we have conversations and we process and we reflect and we have conversations and dialogues like this that really get us to the heart of that learning and that change. I, I, what I really was struck by with my participants, we had 24 French teachers in the French strand, and we were at that cusp. We had thought things through, we you know broken through, they had worked together, and they're like, don't, don't, don't stop. And I said, well, unfortunately, you know, summer seminar has ended, but the work that we've started, our journey mm-hmm. together is not, I'd, you're not, not going to hear from me again. We're going to meet once a month for the next year. You can come in, you can look at the unities, that, unities I'm speaking in French, the units that we're <laughs> developing and in French on social justice, Mm -hmm. the topics that they chose. And I want to say topics, but I mean themes, essential questions, guiding questions. We're so enriched by what we heard in the the keynote speakers and that we saw in the California language, um, their, their domains and their standards. And then the, you know, all the different places that we were getting our resources. And I said, 
don't give up. Don't think that we've stopped. We are still working through this. And that's what happens when we we um, go to a conference sometimes. It's like, well, that's done. Goodbye. We're going right. home. And you've got maybe a little um, handouts or yeah. you've got the like, you know, you got the QR code. This is tangible, actionable mm-hmm. that we're going to be working on to make sure that each teacher has that feeling of support and courage to make whatever unit that we design in those themes happen. That's fantastic. I used to say I come away from conferences with handouts and high expectations, you know, of what I'm going to do with them. Uh, And, you know, the best intentions, but it's not always the reality that we're able to, again, process and and do that, right? And have that time. I agree. I think there's sometimes um, world language teachers, you know, dual language teachers, everybody comes back and the next Monday they try out this activity that they learn or a game and the students will say, did you go to a conference last weekend? <laughs> right. You know, I'm just saying, I'm a, and I say, okay, so, so there are the things that we will try on the fly. Right. And that's a really good presenter who can give that, like, use this the next class period. Absolutely. And there's a place for that. There is. And then. And then there's and then other there's, work, right? <laughs> and then there's the other work that we can't answer in a 45 minute session. Exactly. And as much as you look through a, a, a catalog or a, a um, the conference schedule and you see social justice, SEL, and you right. think, I'm going to spend 45 minutes, I'm going to get everything I need, the, the person's going to hand me this packet, and my work is done because I checked off yeah. that session. And right. I say, oh, you yeah. know, it's good to start the conversation, but we need to be able to follow through with teachers, with educators, because for many of them, this is something that they didn't they didn't learn a, a maybe a very good unit design or development process like mm-hmm. a really in-depth how do we get into the weeds and pull out those questions those can do's and and I'm not uh, you know textbooks are something I don't use but I do see the value of having those materials for teachers and having that structure but then when you ask teachers sometimes to be the creative genius that's going to make that happen, they, they are feeling inadequate. Yeah. And I, that's where I, I really don't, I want them to have both, both options. If you want to use these resources, great. But if you find that within your curriculum, perhaps there's something missing, you can feel empowered to do the work Given maybe some, you know, like some steps, some ideals, some outcomes for yourself, and you build that construct, and there is something so powerful. And the first time I did one of these for my students, they just stopped and they're like, "Whoa, I'm going to be using this for my National Honor Society project." And That's I thought, "Amazing! I, I, I know that I did the right thing, taking that first step beyond." Um, the, 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 let's say the, con- the, the concepts that I was using at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's so, how my journey started. One, I, I one went lesson, to workshop, right? one, one, yep. one, one unit at a time. Exactly. One unit at a time. Amen. Do not try to redo your entire curriculum on your own. <laughs> After one the conference summer. session. <laughs> oh my right? God. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of freak that, you know, I heard about it. Then I attended something like four different workshops <laughs> And then I tried it and I got the feedback and then I redid it. You know, it, it, there's a reason why textbooks are very powerful tools for people because someone has gone through that process. Right. But the the problem is then you're not going through that process. Right. Right. And And, and I I find mm -hmm. that quite often um, there's a, there's a pull, right? There's a, a dichotomy between needing to understand how to make those instructional choices and the absolute time and energy it takes for you to go through the process yourself and the skills and the knowledge, right? Not like you said, not everybody has a a background in unit design or, you know, proficiency and things like that. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work to do before, you know, a social justice unit, like you're talking about comes to be right personal work, as well as, you know, pedagogy and, and, and I, I have to admit that I'm the person that if I find a, a, a model, as in a teacher model, someone, a mentor for me, I will consider them my mentor for the rest of my career. There's, there's, I have so many, 
through my organizations that I've met that have helped me each time and who give me that feedback, that, that give me that extra idea. We cannot do this alone. We <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and the way that we get involved with organizations, with our state, our local, our national language organizations, the, the, I would not be the person, I would say the teacher, the educator who I am without that, because I would have been sitting in a portable out there in, in my um, little rural town going, what should I do? Yeah. Because the curriculum that was there that was given I looked at them and I said, this does not apply to any of my students. This is not reflecting who they are or their beliefs or their and their values. So let's build the thing that they need. And, uh, you know, 20, well, let's, let's see, 14, 14 and a half years later at that school, I'm still on my journey yes. waiting for that perfect day where all the units will be done. You know, it's, <laughs> but let yeah. me know if you get to that, right? And then you uh, can publish a textbook, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, exactly. I, I do share a lot of my units. I mean, I share my units you do all share the a lot. time. And I do. And I want to make sure that I don't want to say teach this. I would like to say, see how my process went. Mm-hmm. And I'm the, this is my structure. Someone might say, well, I don't use it this way. I won't use it that well. But they, the basics are there that pushes us to think what more than memorizing a vocabulary list of school supply subjects, excuse me, school supplies, what else can I do with that? Mm-hmm. That's not a string of activities um, that have depth and meaning and context and all of those sort of things. Uh, you know, so let me ask you this, because you and I are both involved in providing a lot of professional development. Just a and, bit. <laughs> right? And I often think, what am I doing? Like, I am, you know, like, we know that sit and get webinars and knowledge sort of things aren't the way people are really going to change and learn and grow and experience and do all the things that you're talking about that you've done right at the at the summer seminar right and and yet that's the situation that most teachers are able to consume professional development in and how does that limit us from making how do you think that affects the change that teachers are able to make and the skills that they're able to do I, I commend every teacher that goes to any um, professional development opportunity they're given in the content area. I want to point mm-hmm. that out that many of us are obliged to attend something that has no pertinence to what we do with our students. So we'll put it there. Um, also, it's a personality thing um, and a time availability. Teachers mm-hmm. are there. We all know what they are. They're overworked and there are too many things to do just besides the actual content and development. So there's the other, you know, like if they have a family, if they have other obligations, I know that their time is limited. And so when we look at as trainers, as facilitators, we're, we're understanding multiple backgrounds of people so that we can design our experiences for them to be, yes, it's the down and dirty, but also it's the, it's the, the deeper questions, mm-hmm. the reflections, and the, the possibility to, to grow within that little, that little inch of, of, I could try this. Mm-hmm. Um, personality also is that, um, I would like to say it's like I'm a really courageous presenter in that, A, I, I try and present in the target language. Mm-hmm. Okay, so French. I've also, believe it or not, presented a little bit in Spanish, which is wow. my fourth. No, it's my fifth language. Oh, my and, goodness. You know, You're my hero. I, oh, my gosh. That was um, a unique experience. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I tried it and I said, it's pushing me outside of a personality box that I have, may have put myself into. And I don't know if all educators are ready to say, to bear their souls and say, look what I do in my classroom, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to point this out so carefully. French teachers critique each other (laughs) rampantly. Like if you forget an accent or if you have the wrong conjugation, or if you used a word from a different part of the Francophone world, you get called out on it uh, online, you know, oh, there's an error. Like, so why don't you just change it? <laughs> I am trying to give you like part of my soul here. And that's where teachers might block off that opportunity to be part of a community that says, I tried this. And I always say, if your students deserved that unit, 
if you felt confident in giving them that unit, I think you should feel confidence enough to share it with your colleagues. And then I'd be sure to tell the colleagues before every presentation, we, we come with the language we have, just like our students. We're trying as much as they do. Well, probably a little trying, but harder. Yeah. But don't, don't tear down a colleague. Do not tear down a colleague for making that attempt to share part of what they spent perhaps years working on. And that's, I, that's my I biggest point right was, there. I agree. We, so we had this conversation about vulnerability and presenting ourselves as teachers, as educators to the world and to each other. Um, and I think that what you talked about with the summer seminar really struck me because you said the word community several times, right? You said the word yes, community. It's a and, big one. And that doesn't happen by accident, right? And that was very carefully crafted. And I love that you said that that was able to be done, whether it was virtually or online, you know, or in person. Um, but I imagine what are the, some of the things that you experienced that really made it a community professional development experience for you? Should I start maybe with the larger? Sure. The larger, when we look at those um, plenary sessions with our keynote speakers, um, if you're going to do this online, let's just start with there, that you have a welcoming, open atmosphere where you put in maybe something in the chat or you've got a jam board you're working on where someone can share something personal, funny, engaging, or we had music. We had lots of music. And so I was dancing up on the camera. People were getting into it, you know, sharing other ideas right from the start. The whole experience online was share what you have in this box that we are in. I love it. And, you know, and, and it's like, here's a link to this, or here's something I know, or they were, you know, showing their kitty cat. It just for some reason, um, because we've been through trauma together, we can find those silly little moments where we can let maybe perhaps some of our guard down and think, you know, this is professional, but yet, but yet we can start it out with a little bit of who are you? And that's what we do in our first units with our students. Exactly. I was just going to say, do you hear a theme here? Again, it's building relationship. Learning does not happen without relationships, right? And so I I love that at at a big meta level that is taken into consideration, right? Of of building that relationship. I I do BER seminars and they're seven and a half hours long, maybe somewhere in there, seven hours. What is that? Um, BER is Bureau of Educational Research. Thank you. It's some. Um, it's a company that offers professional development around the country. Okay. I, I'm not plugging them. I say um, I had to do all of my sessions online and I had been planning to do them in person. Well, surprise, surprise. And they did not necessarily want me to build community at the beginning of this long day seminar. And... And the first couple of times I did it that way, just like jump in, we're starting our activities, we're doing the thing. And the engagement was so low. Yep. Uh, People turned off their cameras. They wouldn't answer any of my questions. I felt, I felt just disheartened. Yeah. So then I, you know, the next year when we came back for our our second year of online experiences, I said, you know, I'm going to take the time and we're going to do some fun stuff here. We might not reach every single technology tool that's in my presentation, but they have the presentation. In any case, that second round of experiences of presentations, people were using their microphones, they were engaging, they were sharing, can I share my screen? Can I show you something I did? I'm like, yes, because I'm here I am not the one expert. You all Mm -hmm. have done something and I I want you to feel empowered to share part of your soul, your educational uh, aspirations. And that made, that made it happen. And I was, that's a learning. You know, it's funny, Thomas Sauer at my first telco lab a long time ago. I don't know. Were you there? I want to say you were, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We, I'm, I'm, were you at Austin? Yes. There we go. That's oh my gosh! A, so that was probably it. the beginning of our relationship of knowing each other in a in a way. So I remember him saying distinctly, "The smartest person in the room is the room." Right? And I 
just carry that. It was probably one of the most profound and like just things that have stuck with me. Right. And how that that really is where the learning happens. Right. When we open ourselves up, we're vulnerable. We we build relationships and then we can have it's not superficial learning. It's deep understanding and deep learning and deep change because there is deep change that we have to do in in our profession, right? From whether it's teaching practices, social justice, social emotional learning, there's always deep work to do. And that's not going to come if we don't have those relationships and those, you know, um, systems set up of vulnerability, respect, like you said, professionalism, but honesty, right? And I, I just, yeah, so I think that, it, you know, it, all these conversations have to start there. I imagine, and I don't have any proof of this, Michelle, okay, is that the way conferences have been run in past is that you have the professional sage on the mm-hmm. stage. We know the expert, uh, they did their paper, because if you look at like the university level, they give a paper, they read their paper. It's so yep. engaging. Um, I shouldn't say much, but <laughs> but that's how we came to understand why we go to conventions, conferences, workshops, professional developments is that this one person knows what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to find out. To- and if we sit here long enough, somebody's <laughs> going to tell us, or if we go to enough professional development, eventually we're going to have the answer, right? When we're never going to have the answer. I I, I know, me too. And so we're never going to have the answer until we start looking into ourselves and, you know, really, you know, and each other, right? And how we how we do this together. I think that's such an important point. How we someone someone encouraged me to do my first professional presentation. You know, like they they forced me. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. <laughs> and and I was the youngest person in that room. And I was doing something that I had never done before. And yet the thing that I shared really um, I don't know. I don't know why it made an impact. And maybe they were just kind of faking it for me. <laughs> I don't know. But it was that that first step that we take that will that will sort of set the stage for how we learn and not just how we present or share or or lead. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's that that first step. And like, can I can I find something that's going to that's going to help other people. Not what I think is going to be the best, but that I can see might be applicable to other people. That's uh, absolutely. So I have another question for you because we also talked about this um, kind of in our conversation. And that is the people access professional development in a variety of ways, right? So, you know, some don't have that privilege, honestly, it's privilege to be able to go to an in-person conference, right? Or to even a state conference, or they have family commitments and cannot sit online, right? There's a lot of ways people have to access their professional development. Not everybody has somebody like you and I, a professional colleague that you can just process things and ask things to right and discuss right and so how do the platform itself where i'm going with this is i've seen a trend and i don't know how i feel about it um it's a on-demand micro learning quick bites of pd sort of trend and i get it because i'm busy i'd love to have like a quick 15 minute pd in my lunch period or my plan but what i wonder is or social media facebook groups you know twitter uh lang chat like lots of there's all these things right and and it's short it's quick it's to the point it's it's good when you're sharing information, like when you're sharing a how to exactly. But when we're talking about things like we're talking about, like you experienced in California or with the California um, summer seminar with deep talking and conversations about social justice (laughs) and social emotional learning and some of these things, even transitioning to a proficiency or an acquisition-driven uh, way of teaching is is not, not easy and is a shift in things. Can these things happen? Can that deep ha- learning happen 
or let's say anything can happen, but does the format and the platform change the way we have these conversations, do you think? Okay, are you ready for the 30-minute answer? I'm not yes, going to give that to you. We're no, here. No. <laughs> um, let's say this. The, I have a YouTube channel where I post little tech tips, but they always have proficiency in mind. I just want to point that out. Always proficiency. <laughs> and I try to make sure that my videos are not more than 20 minutes, otherwise it's just me rambling. Right. And that's uh, interesting that you should mention that because – Right before we finished our strand today, everyone asked, could you make a video for us? Could you just put that up on your YouTube channel? I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Because it's something, it's it's a subject, it's a task, it's a, um, a learning bite of mm-hmm. something that can be shown that someone would want to watch over and over until they can get it. And that's what skill, tutorials, right? It's or a skill. A, a, yeah, some, something that's skill-based or knowledge-based, right? That's exactly it. And where it's something that you can you can self-teach, perhaps, although mm-hmm. people do to do self-teaching of yoga or other meditation, perhaps. Yeah, you can have short videos, It's also interesting, say, for example, if you were reading a book together Mm -hmm. and someone made a short 15-minute reflection. So we use that with Flipgrid, you know, or some some sort of audio like um, FM, uh, what's that called? uh, It's the walkie-talkie type apps Mm -hmm. where someone wants to just talk and express themselves, although that can be one way. You know, same thing with videos. It's sort of a one-way, like, here's me pushing out my thing to you. Not a lot of chance for interaction Mm -hmm. unless... I'm, I'm like, I like it on Flipboard where you can answer other people's videos with your reactions, but still it's not that direct in, uh, interpersonal connection. Each platform has its limits. Mm-hmm. Each lesson or unit or, or conversation or thing that you want to share has to reflect the platform and its capabilities. Mm-hmm. So if you're going the right to right tool for the right job, <laughs> it is the right tool. And and I would say that one of the summer seminar leaders kept saying, "Tweet out your knowledge on 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 Twitter." And I went, "I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot process what I just heard." First of all, it was so deep and so emotional that I couldn't just turn on my device and start ta- uh, typing away. I just I could not because I had to write it down on paper, believe it or not. Even though I'm a tech person, people are like, oh, uh-huh. I still write everything out on notepads. Um, it's not possible to um, to translate every type of communication experience onto every single type of platform. And uh, we'll probably get into this soon. I might, might see where you're leading me here on this is that certain platforms lead us to behave or react or conduct ourselves in different ways than just this conversation that you and I are having right now, or even the Zoom um, experience that we had with the strand leaders where we were di- we were diving deep into the roots of who we are, our identities and what we do in our classrooms. Um, and that's that's what I'll that's how I'll start that off is that the mm-hmm. platform doesn't always reflect the conversation or the 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 experience that we're having. And and I, I will, and I am I'm not, I don't know if I'm leading you there, but we did have this conversation, and it got me thinking, Catherine. After we talked, because um, with one of our experiences that we've had together, we were in the Lil um, Language uh, Learning. Uh, what is it? Leadership Initiative and Language Learning. And one of the at one of the summers that I did, we had a, a book study on crucial conversations. Yes. And when we're talking about those crucial conversations, like we mentioned, social justice, equity, you know, decolonizing curriculum, you know, social emotional learning. There's lots, right? Um, one of the things is you have to you have to have a conversation, right? And and whether or not some platforms are better or not better, more effective than others effective, for yeah. having a conversation. So that was part of it. Like, are you just throwing something out into the world and somebody else throws something back? And for some people, that could be a conversation. Mm-hmm. For others, it's not, right? It's just two people talking at each other, but not at with each, each other. other, but not mm-hmm. with each other. Right. And that's not to criticize anybody or anything. I'm just, um, I found myself seeing critical kind of crucial conversations on platforms where 
the relationship hasn't been developed, like we've talked about. Yes. The trust and the vulnerability are not there. And so it's, I think, more challenging for people to get to some of these issues. So kind of like tweet out your, your, you know, I just tweet your soul yeah, out is a yeah. hard thing for me to do. Although I yeah. do tweet on certain things that I've thought about, mm-hmm. I've written out, and then I have to compose it into this 20, 280 uh, word tweet, although you can make a thread and that, oh my goodness, threads can be that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> you know, when you bring up Langchat, I think about the people that I started meeting back in, I don't know, 2009, 2010. Okay, back, back. And I actually met them at Actful or at a state conference or somewhere else. And I knew the person. I got to know that human that's on the other side of the device. And that way I could actually have the conversation and not be tweeting at that person. Just with the little at symbol doesn't mean that you're having a conversation, right? Right. It means that you're pointing out this person, listen to what I'm saying. Absolutely. I agree with you that we don't have the trust. Like if I've never met you, I, I, I'll try to start this conversation, but I don't know that it'll be the same level of depth and, and profound sharing of my soul. It may be depending on how much I've researched it on my own, but I can't, I, I actually intentionally stay away from a lot of the flame throwing that can happen online because yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I have the, um, I don't have the permission to have that conversation since we don't know each other. And uh, that's, that's a big topic for me on like, I, I guess I need to know you to argue with you almost. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I know, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I have a lot of respect for some of the conversations that are occurring in social media, some very brave conversations. Very well, ones. and I, and, and I think it's more, they're, maybe not conversations yet. I would hope that they would lead to conversations is Perfect. what I think would, would be my, my hope. But as I, I watch um, some of those, again, I think it's, it's challenging because when you, when you are having some crucial conversations and, you know, I was, when I was looking at that book, you know, we, when we have these crucial conversations, that word in itself means stakes are high. We all agree this is important. So we're very passionate. Everybody, and you know, we may have not, I wouldn't say opposing, opposing views, but I would say different experience levels with different topics, right? And different different experiences and diff- they're, everybody's at a different spot, right? And there's high emotions, there's strong emotions attached yes. to these. We're all yeah. passionate people. And we all have to agree that we're, have the same core reason for, you know, doing this. We, we, we are passionate about our, our learners. We're passionate about, you know, our, the language we teach and the cultures that we represent, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you know, to it's, have some of these. I wish you had been on a conversation that I, I had specifically because when you pointed out like that, our major goal is probably the same thing. Exactly. How you are getting there and how I'm getting there might not match or they might be a little, you know, a little bit tweaked from someone else's. But we can't assume that the person is criticizing us or that we have the right to criticize them just because because of the place that they're at, that's where they are in their path. And that vulnerability to share it is impressive. I appreciate the level to which people say, I know that the things that I have taught in the past or the materials that I've used in the past are not appropriate. So, or or let's say not appropriate, let's say could be better, mm-hmm. could be, you know, at a different level or something. Um so how how I, I almost want to start each conversation with knowing that our big goal absolutely is to build this the structure of of education that leads to this ideal. Let's think on that when you send an answer back or when you start the conversation, put the big idea out. Yeah, it might take an extra tweet or it might be a longer Facebook post, but 
it just helps us remind because unfortunately technology platforms lead us to the fact that we assume, and I hate to say this sometimes, we assume the worst of people right away or we allow ourselves to react with all the passion that we think we've got this. We are, uh, my social justice heart is stronger than yours. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I think Meredith, when I just talked to her, she said, you know, it's not cake. There's enough for everybody. You know, it's not, you know, in pieces. There's, there's not, there, it's yes, there's, a, there's enough injustice that we can all approach it in, you know, slightly different ways, right? In hey, different- let's just, I, I need a moment on that because when I listen back to this podcast, it's exactly that's what I'm going to pull out here. There's enough social justice to go around that every teacher can uh, treat it. I wouldn't even to like treat the subject. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's using English to to approach the subject um, with the best things that they know how at that moment. At Absolutely. that moment, it's funny. I just um, recorded an episode. Um, like the intro to this podcast. And one of the things I say is my disclaimer is this is don't hold us to this. Don't oh don't hold Catherine and I to this conversation because this is where we're at right now. Okay. And this is every time we are here, we are learning, we are growing, we are talking, we are discussing. Tomorrow, I hope we're different, right? I hope we're better. The conversation when we have it a second time would be different, right? And so we need to take everybody, in my opinion, to that extent where this is where you're at right now, right? And we're never going to be able to angrily tweet at somebody to move them anywhere else. And we want to keep our big goal in mind, right? What is our big goal? We need to stay focused that our goal is a more just educational system. It's a more just world. And, you know, this is one example. Um, there's many examples out there. Um, and that, you know, how we go about that and how different people go about that is going to be different. And they're all, they're all good, but yeah, so it's, I really appreciate that you put it in that context because it is today, the twenty first of July, yes. two thousand twenty one. <laughs> when Tomorrow, this airs, we will be different people, right? <laughs> we will be different people because I will have read several of the articles that were shared with us on on the social, um, excuse me, on uh, the social justice topic from CLTA, and my mind will be in not one hundred percent new place, but it will have taken a left turn at Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> I mean, Bugs Bunny should have done it, and I'm going yes. to do it. I'm on that path it. with the bunny. <laughs> I love it. That's a reference, kids. That's a reference. Yes. Yeah, we probably just dated ourselves, right? I was watching reruns anyway, so it's all happiness. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, yeah, so that's what I think a lot of what our conversation that we talked about, um, you know, just having these open dialogues, you know, choosing formats that we can are not I, I guess more setting the stage where deep conversations can happen. Do I think that can be done on Facebook and Twitter and groups? I think it can. Do I think it is always being done? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, again, picking the right format for the right um, the right topic perhaps, you know so and and it is fascinating because when we talk about that, um, one thing that you and I kind of mentioned was if you go on to Actful's forums, okay, those ones where you sign up, it's your membership name, you've got a picture most likely, you've got your bio, and and there are, are beautiful posts all the time, honest questions, suggestions, and it somehow stays very professional and very focused on our common goals, plural, Right. It's when we leave the professional platforms that we know that I, I just don't. I, I'm still working on this. This this bigger thought is like, if we're in a Facebook group with teachers, and that is different than Actful Forum or or Nels or somebody. You know, mm-hmm. we've got these different places where we know it's an organization, so we're going to stay polite or or professional, whatever it is, and then yet. Perhaps we get onto some other platform and our our attitudes, our approaches, our reactions become perhaps a little bit less or they just sound different mm-hmm. because maybe there's a constraint in 
characters. Mm-hmm. And it's and, hard know, to get that. I, and, and I struggle because I know that there's also the need for disruptors. Thank goodness. Right. And there's also the need for the people that push us and, 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 you know, how they can, you know, are we being really challenged on certain forums that are uber professional where you're working, you know, you're worried about this or that, you know, are we getting that person that says, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but why are you, but, but is that, you know, so it's it's a challenge, and I, I think it's something that we can all kind of do better and just be more aware of. Maybe if, if Langchat had stayed the same way that it was since two thousand nine ten, we wouldn't be having these difficult or courageous conversations. We mm-hmm. do need those people to right. start the topic, right. start the conversation, point out the the thing. It's it's not up to me or anyone else to guide or or um dictate i'll mm-hmm. use that word very strong of course mm-hmm. like the manner in which that conversation or the 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 the, the subsequent tweets follow right. i can't but i so appreciate the person that says have you looked at your your bookshelves lately mm-hmm. have you looked at the the videos you're showing are you you know what what is it that you, what's what's in your wallet they always say what's in your backpack um yeah we need to look and then where it goes from there, that's important as well. But without those people, we would still be talking. I, I don't know. There would be what the earliest subjects on Lang chat, you know, authentic resources. Right. <laughs> where we feel like we're right, right. And, and we're saying the same thing, you know, it is the same thing years later, right? Um, and I feel for the people who were the moderators on Lang chat because they're like, we kind of need some ideas for new topics. Yeah. Bam. Right there. That's the open door where someone says, you know, we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if we, we talk about interpersonal activities one more time. Yeah. It's and yet to- there's people that still need to hear all of that, right? Oh so my it's, goodness. A, it's a challenge. It, it really is. Um, I think when I round back, though, one of the things that I struggle with and is that what do you do if you're a one teacher in the middle of anywhere, you know, or even in a lone person with a, you know, with a thought or something you want to learn about amongst others that don't want to change? And how can we do better connecting people and being able to build those relationships and that trust so that we can have these conversations because they need to be had. I really do like these um, open um, open mic nights mm-hmm. that uh, some of the organizations have had. I know the AATF had um, like Ask Catherine Anything night. No, mm-hmm. that wasn't, it wasn't meant for me. It was to open up a conversation so that we could do this and we have town halls on Actful where there's a little pr- presentation. And then what do you all think about this? Where where else can we take that? To me, that's a very thoughtful way to at least get the conversation going from the distance point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if the person lives in, um, I, I went to a California school district one time. It was three Spanish teachers and they were in the middle. And I'm going to say this gently in the middle of nowhere. And I, and I flew all the way from Bellingham, Washington, which is near the Canadian border, all the way down to the Mexican border, right there on the U.S.-Mexican border, to have that conversation with them, right? And we can't do that every single time. Right. So when we do have an opportunity where our professional organizations open up a platform and bring in people that know how to moderate with dignity and respect conversations and so that you frame it with, with supportive ideas Guidance for growth. Yes. I, I. It only took a pandemic for us to figure right? out that it's okay to meet online. I used to point that out. We used to have um, ATF chats on a, a platform called Chatsy. Okay. And I, that is so old. And I'd be on there <laughs> typing away and, and teachers like, what is this? Like, it's a way for us to connect in the distances. Well, maybe like 10 people would pop on. Right. And then when we had our first ATF like webinar in March 2020, something like uh, 400 people signed up. You know? Yeah. Like, whoa, this, this, this 
platform that we're on, Zoom or, or GoToMeeting, whatever it was at the time, uh, this will bring us together. So if we can use this resource, and then my second thing I really like are um, Washington State is a unique state. It's smaller than Florida, I think, in size. You're very north-south yeah. long. Okay, yeah. it takes, if you're down at the Keys, I'm just going to use Keys, yeah. and you wanted to go talk to somebody in uh, Tallahassee, <sighs> how long would it take to drive in the car? I could probably, it would probably take longer than for me to get from Orlando to D.C., it, it, it's impressive. First of all, I've been in your traffic. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, for us, it's um, going over the mountains. Right. We have, okay, we have some mountains, right? So in what, one thing that I proposed one time for Waffle, for our state conferences that we have, like, um, we waffles, like mini waffles. <laughs> We yeah, have, that's we, cute. <laughs> we, we, we have lots of names that we can, and not Waffle, Wisconsin, of course, you know what I'm talking about, but um, in the four corners and then one mm-hmm. in the middle because you have, you know, Seattle in the middle and you've got your four corners and that people in those areas can meet together because face to face for some people is perhaps one of the only ways that they will make a true connection with people. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I, I deeply understand that need to be with other human beings to look them in a different way in the eyes. So we can do that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so liberated to not have to go to every single conference in person when I'm going to say this again, on the West Coast, we don't get a lot of love out here from the national <laughs> I conventions. <laughs> I've been to Boston. I've been to Orlando. I've been to um, Washington. I've been to everywhere out on the East Coast. And I say, hey, come yeah. on out here. And you know, yeah. San Diego. One. I was going to say, that's the only one I've been to. And then one was canceled. Yep. Yep. And so, it, it, so I can become a part of a community that if I meet them regularly and we have an agreed like once a month. Mm-hmm. Once a month, we get together for an hour, and then we have maybe some pre-work, some post-work. We have those other platforms where we can continue the conversation. But that meeting together online and setting up the the, the parameters of being vulnerable and open and um, non-judgmental, you can set that up so that when you get together with these people, it's yeah. not like you're seeing someone new every single time. We have I think we have up. a lot of opportunity. I think there are a lot of different ways we can break the mold of what we've done in the past and build these spaces where we can have these conversations um, and to really get some deep learning and some deep change in our practice and in our perspectives, um, you know, and, and I, I hope that, you know, we're going to get there. I hope that that's something that that we're going to be able to grow from. One thing um, that I learned a lot from Meredith White, you know, this past year was um, her, the Georgia um, webinars yes. that they had. Okay. How many different voices did she bring? Beautiful. Yes. Okay. That's to me. And so it's not the one person facilitating. Yep. And, and the different voices, different backgrounds, they might not be from the same state. They might not teach the same language. But yet the core group of people who are going to participate in there have already built that that community that then they're going to participate and listen. And then they can go have their conversations maybe after with the understanding like we learned something new, but we still know each other. Mm-hmm. Right. That That's going to help us. Um, I, I, I do need a core group of people. And then we invite others in and try and lift their voices as well. And so there's Absolutely. a huge... Um, the leadership from Lil yes. has so taught me how to seek out intentionally because where we live, there's not very many teachers of color. Um, and it's, it, but it's, it's when you're trying to organize a conference or a PD, it cannot be the same person over and over. You are a star. Yes. Thank you. Right. I got that. <laughs> Moving on. Who else do we know in our area that will bring in the new ideas or maybe not new, just a different way, like you said, a different perspective, voice, a different perspective. Different perspective. Right. I, I mean, Hmong, we had a Hmong teacher. Uh, she's a, a doctor, uh, excuse me, a professor. She has her doctorate. Um, Dr. Vicky Long, uh, Long, Zhang Long, <laughs> Laura, excuse me. Let me say her game, name again. Dr. Vicky Zhang Lor. 
and she is down at Fresno. Now, how many times do we get the chance to have a conversation with teachers of Hmong? Right. Right. I, I grew up in Minnesota. You, you know, I you probably, too. Yeah, yes, I know. We, have we the, had in the 1970s and 80s yes. so many Hmong speakers from the different um, backgrounds. Yes. And, and I, I knew of these people, but I'd never seen a teacher among teachers. So now I have her voice and I, I listen to her talk about building up the child's identity from a group of people that I don't always get to interact with. And I'm like, well, I might be able to use something with my students who are from Colombia mm-hmm. or who are from um, another place in the world because I heard her. Mm-hmm. You have a different perspective. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Uh, I've really enjoyed some of the things we've talked about. Um, one of the questions I'm asking every guest, and I was going to warn you about this and I forgot. I can so was yeah. that, Besides what you just experienced, so I know it's a little different because you just went to the social justice and social emotional learning. You can still use that. But if you were going to have coffee with somebody and talk about something, who would it be? Like what, who is somebody that you want to hear their voice in a conversation um, where you feel like you want to learn? Now, does this have to be in the world language area? Nope. Okay. No rules. No rules. No rules. Whatever you want. Okay, let me think on this. I have had the best year of building my Twitter list. Okay, <laughs> because I feel like um, I needed more information on. I, I built one that's called Learn. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to know was like, who am I missing in my world um, that I need to be learning from more? Because Wonderful. the world language world is, is okay, so many awesome people. I'm looking at, I want to point out one of my personal that I've been following so carefully is um, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Okay, and she is on, on Twitter, if you know her, she's Ida Bay Wells. Okay. It's interesting because of the uh, famous journalist, a black journalist. She had the experience recently of not being given tenure at, was it Harvard? And now she's moving on to um, uh, Howard. Is it okay? Um, at the um, it's a traditionally uh, black college, and I know I'm going to get this wrong. I, I've yeah, it's Howard. She's going to Howard in Washington D.C. I listened to her talk about the perspectives of someone that I would never know how to be. Um. Uh, I grew up in Rochester, Minnesota, where I had one African-American teacher and one, well, her, it was her son in our class. Okay. <laughs> and although I had always worked with, um, I grew up in an Asian, um, a blended Asian community, like I lived with them type of situation. I had a perspective of like Asian cultures, so Vietnamese, um, Filipino and Cambodians, but I never... I never knew how it was to be black in America. I just didn't have any construct. My my Filipino family would say, we can't find any other thing, you know, like their product. They didn't have that in Rochester. Um, but for black Americans, um, they just going to the store. I never known about that. Although my students at Mount Vernon told me after a while, after we had built some community, they said, miss, you know what it's like to go to Macy's here and in Mount Vernon. I said, I, I go there often. What, you know, and they tell me these things. And because of that, then I started listening to more of the, the voices because I, I can hear it from one group I can hear it from another group, but I need to hear it from multiple groups. And so if I were sitting down, it would be with, with you know, Nicole Hannah-Jones, because to me, she's living something as a woman, as an African-American woman, that I don't know how to even imagine. And the way that she talks about it, that she expresses it, her voice, her power, her her way to make things so understandable to a person like me, um, maybe she's not talking to me. Maybe she's talking to somebody else, but I can hear her and I, I, I sincerely wish to sit down with her sometime and just listen. I love it. 
Thank you. That is such a great, I love hearing what people say. So thank you for sitting down and talking with me today. And I really appreciate it. And, you know, we'll have to have you back again and we'll talk about a different topic next well, time. I hope so. to see you again in a, a oh, physical presence. I hope somewhere, so. Um, within the next two years, I'm sure yeah. our paths will cross. cross. Absolutely. But at least... Until then, we can okay. meet on Zoom, right? And have some like have some virtual co- exactly. There we go. There we go. There we go. Fist bump through Zoom. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your leadership and for your support. You have done so much for me in the the, the years that I've known you. It's just thank you for being one of my my supports and role models. Ah, oh, it is an honor. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks for listening to the Language Lounge podcast today. I'd love to hear what world language educator you would like to have a cup of coffee with and what you would talk about. Tag me on Twitter at Lang Lounge Pod and at Michelle Ola, or leave a message on our voicemail at 207-888-9819. And don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review. Gracias. Gracias.